They didn't remember. We don't remember doing this for you. When did we see you in the state? We don't have a recollection of that. And so you ask the question, well, why didn't they recognize it? The obvious reason is, is that Jesus is an actual person and he will be visible again to us one day when he comes and reigns as the God-man. He's fully human, fully God, will be forever. He will be in human form on a throne and he will be accessible like he was when he walked the earth for 33 years. So part of it is because he's a real person, we don't expect that he's hiding himself in somebody that we serve. It's, it's not like we go bring a bag, bag of groceries to Bob and say, hey, Bob, I know who you really are. I'm going to give you these groceries and I want you to shape shift into your real form. Come out, Jesus. It's okay. So that's the obvious. But I think the real point that Jesus is trying to make here is that when we have been touched by grace and we are recipients of true love, serving one another and serving the least of these is not some extraordinary event in our life. It becomes a daily part of how we live, right? So I don't remember the stuff that's just part of my daily life as much as I remember the things that are totally outside my normal rhythm and my normal experience. How many know that when something happens to you that is way left field from the things you've seen, the things you've experienced, the circumstances you've been in, you tend to remember those things a little bit more instantly. I, I, I never forget the time I was flying back from Burma, uh, Myanmar, and my plane was struck by lightning. Like that just doesn't happen in my weekly schedule, you know? Now, if my plane got struck by lightning and I was a pilot, it would just, I can't remember, you know, every lightning strike. It just happens all the time. It's just part of my life. Uh, one of the things that I remember that I'll never forget just outside of my normal existence is my first tour in Vietnam. So we're dropped into Saigon and there I was within 45 minutes, we have contact. I'm in my first firefight. Why are you laughing? Don't be jealous because I look young as a Vietnam vet. Y'all should have stayed on your anti-wrinkle cream. I did, you didn't, that's life. All right? I'm kidding. We have things that just that stand out, but I, this, the believer, it's not like, hey, I just did a good deed, ring the bell and chalk it up as a good work, add another point. It's just out of the natural flow of my life, I see a need and if it's within my power or within my network's power, I'm constantly as a part of life looking to express Jesus in my daily existence. And it might be fuzzy because maybe, maybe they didn't see Jesus in the poor, the naked, the person in prison, Maybe they didn't recognize Jesus because they recognized themselves in that person. This is a mark of a truly saved life. When I see somebody that's in a destitute spot, there should be something in me that doesn't look down on them, that doesn't look from a superior position. But when I realize what a wretched sinner I was, some of us were ratchet sinners, right? And... When I realized that's who I was and that I was spiritually impoverished and I was naked and I was poor, miserable, wretched, and blind, and Jesus Christ came and he saw value in me and he, he paid the price with his own life. When I see somebody else that's physically in that state, there should be something in me that recognizes myself. Man, I am no better than that person and I was no better off than that person in light of eternity. 
And how can I stand by when Jesus came down, he hung on the cross. Surely there's something I can do to make Jesus known for this person that's suffering that needs the same comfort that I've been given myself. Agape love acts and does not stand by. And then lastly, Psalm 51, this is David. He'd committed murder and, and, and adultery. And if you want to know what real repentance is, read Psalm 51. A portion of it, he's crying out to God. He gets right. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Now, I love this last part. It says, then when I receive this forgiveness and my joy is restored and you pick me up out of my, my pit, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. See, what I love about this is that the, the person that's experienced forgiveness and grace and, and, and their joy is restored, the natural outflow of that heart is, God, if you give me this, then I'm going to use it to turn other people to the author of life and forgiveness and restoration. It doesn't stop with me. It's not like God forgive me and restore me so I can be happy again, so I don't walk around the house feeling guilty, so I can be in a better mood. It's not that. It's that God, I, I, I want to be restored, not only so I can have real peace, but that I can be an agent of healing to the broken. This is the outflow and the fruit of salvation. And a true saved heart will see brokenness and see need and see thirst and see hunger in others and burn with an awareness that because Jesus closed the distance, that I need to close the distance and make him known in the same way. And I recognize myself in the least when I remember that I was lost and through Christ I'm found. And whether we like to hear it or not, the God kind of love that dwells inside of us, that operates through us, and that marks us is a love that should be, must be demonstrated by action more than feeling. It's a love that needs to be demonstrated by engaging others more than good intentions. It's a love and a salvation that is about giving more than receiving. And maybe today you're truly saved, you know Jesus, but you've been distracted by the trappings or your own interests. Maybe. Maybe your actions and the effort you think, oh man, I'm not really going to make a difference. Come on, what's, I mean, I can go out and shop and put a basket together for some families at Mount Tahoma, but is it really going to make a difference? I'm so glad that these guys came and shared, like, yeah, it does make a difference. And I've shared before, like, I remember seeing my mom on the porch with a white van that showed up, you know, we lived in the projects and, and here comes this van. My mom's bawling because we had food for Thanksgiving because somebody saw a need, somebody brought groceries, and literally impacted my mom in, in a massively deep way. Maybe you're in a place where you're just self-absorbed, and we can't see ourselves or Jesus in the broken because we've developed a me-centered faith, forgetting that we're recipients of amazing grace. I want to share this spoken word. Put yourself into the picture here, okay? Like, just see the image. And like I said, if you could hear the stories that Principal David and, and Nick and 
Marty, who's president of the school board. I hear some of these stories. Stuff that doesn't make the news, tragedies, the life of students. You know, somebody in this vicinity, in this neighbor, in the closest neighborhood, if you could see the pain, if you could see the brokenness, people that are in this room, you've got your own brokenness. Maybe you came here today and you're like, Dave, I don't, I can't, I don't even, I can't connect with anything you're saying because I, I feel like I'm the one who needs help and I don't have the strength to help anybody else because I'm, I'm messed up. I don't know where you're at, but here's the deal. It doesn't have to be the great extremes. It doesn't have to be, well, unless you're in prison ministry. It's just developing an awareness by the Holy Spirit that says, God, as I live this life, it's not about, it's not about stacking as much money as I can so I can live out my last 25 years with comfort. You know, invest, take care of your future. You need to do that. But it, it, we're on this planet as missionaries for Christ. And again, when I'm in Burma, you know, I, I talk to these, these guys and I said, how, how do you serve Jesus in a culture where you can name 30 people who have been mowed down by machine guns from the Burmese military? And every day you live with the fear or the threat of your life being taken because you proclaim Jesus. You were locked in a cage, your village completely wiped out and you escaped. And now you run an underground Bible college. Have a conversation with this dude. How can, man, how, how do you serve Jesus in this environment? And he goes, Dave, how do you serve Jesus in an environment where you're crushed by your comforts and you're so distracted from what the cross means and from what the, the true walk of faith is because you have so many idols that are offered to you through comfort. We tell our missionaries, please don't move to America because your faith will become very weak. So think about this. As we're going through life, may God give us eyes to see the least of these. So when we stand before Jesus, he says, go ahead and stand on my right because you saw me through them. So here it is. I write this and this might seem kind of heavy, but again, this is the reality of what's happening in lives, kids in this very school. It's called God in Disguise. If you don't know me, I'm the kid with bruises. I wear a long sleeve shirt because abuse is what my dad chooses. If you never met me, I'm the kid alone at the lunch table, alone at home. My mom drinks a lot. She's gone a lot. Sometimes I think she loves me, but maybe not. It's two in the morning. I should tuck in my baby brother. My dad's been out all night with a woman who's not my mother. Maybe I'll escape these fiends through hoop dreams. I tried out, but I got cut from the team. Cut from the mean words that my mom screams and ridiculed at school, because daily I rock the same pair of jeans. I'm sorry, but my hundred bucks for clothes disappeared off a mirror from a straw as my dad snorted those rows. Why can't you see this ain't the life that I chose? Y'all got so many clicks and I just can't get in. No matter how hard I try, I don't seem to fit in. I dream I'm dead in, but then I wake up to this life again, this dead end. I'm the kid who you didn't see, who needed a hand but you didn't reach. Living this life with no love and no affection, my cold heart 
with just my language of rejection. I was hoping you would see past my walls of defense. Hoping you would show me love, but no one did. Now I'm racking my brain trying to find one reason to live. Sometimes I feel like I just went to the movies, but I got no popcorn and I'm not in the crowd. I'm in the movie stuck in the screen and everyone's watching me while I'm stuck in this bad dream. Sometimes it feels like no one wants to help, or so it seems. Act like you don't hear me, but I know that I screamed. You say you understand me. Act like you relate. You say you've been through the rain and at times felt the same. You say you feel my pain. But I wish that you could see if I was truly visible, you might talk to me. I'm the kid you forgot to call. Forgot to say hi when you saw me pass in the hall. I'm the kid you forgot to catch when you saw me fall and refused to help me stand when you saw me crawl. Nah, I won't bring a gun to school, spray the whole crowd with lead to get back at you. What good would that do? I wouldn't wish this heartache on any of you. Soon I'll just be a distant memory. I wonder if down the road anyone would remember me. Maybe years from now when they're flipping through the yearbook and they see my photograph. Oh yeah, that's the kid who sat in the back with the ragged backpack. We took his hat and we laughed at. His yearbook never got one autograph. God, if I had just one friend, God, just send one gem to shine bright in my dark den. Just one arm around my shoulder to call these voices within. Voices again, telling me to grip and rip this 9mm. In my mind is one thought, in my hand is one Glock. One bullet to swallow up this hopelessness I feel with one shot. Cause I'm the kid that you didn't see. Who needed a hand but you didn't reach. Living this life with no love and no affection. My cold heart was just my language of rejection. I was hoping you would see past my walls of defense. Hoping they would show me love but no one did. Now I'm racking my brain trying to find one reason to live. I must be a comedian cause I made them all laugh. When they saw me crying on the bus with my heart torn in half. Little did they know my baby brother just died. My dad hit him too many times and ended his life. He was my only reason to live, my only reason I fought. I'm already dead inside, what choice do I got? Broken, hollow, and empty feels like my life's lot. If I could have just one friend in this world of seven billion, I'd feel like a million bucks. If they were selling one reason to live, I'd sell everything I had to buy it. Yo, people talk about love. What kind of love is so twisted? I know you saw my struggle, but somehow you dismissed it. To you, I was invisible like I never existed. But check it out. To every believer, here's the twist. You know, you'd be surprised if you knew my true identity. I'm the one who brought you serenity when you were in sin and you had no remedy. I'm the one who sweat blood in Gethsemane. But I came disguised as the very least, as the broken and the most fleeced. So remember my hunger next time you sit to your feast. Come visit my prison when I got no one to see. Give me a coat when I'm cold and I'm lonely and be a friend to me when I got no homie. And if I've never experienced true love, then please someone show me. And the Lord said, I pray that your eyes would be open to see that whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done unto me. So in that reality and in that spirit, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me today. And I know very, very sober, but you know, sometimes sober news is the best news. Like going to the doctor and 
doctor finding something that needs to be cured and looked at lest we die gives you hard news to make the adjustment to save your life and I want to declare that right now over redeemed church over your lives in the name of Jesus we are not going to be people who walk through this thing called faith with a faith that looks like just showing up once a week on a Sunday and maybe coming to an event here or there but that we are going to embody and we are going to demonstrate and we are going to be baptized and live out a faith that looks like the ministry Jesus modeled for us. A faith that's willing to sacrifice. A faith that is willing to love and serve and listen and engage people who think differently and look differently than us. Because at the end of the day, Jesus is not gonna say how comfortable was your church experience. He's gonna say, I love you and I died for you and I'm so glad that you put your faith in me. But here's the life that I had for you to live and here's what I had for you to do. And did you do it? So you're here today and again, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But you say, you know what, Dave, today, I feel like the Lord's convicting me. And thank God I'm not standing before him on the very day that will actually take place but just as a response Dave I feel I feel the conviction the loving conviction of the Holy Spirit and I feel like I need God to open my eyes up to see others pain because I feel like I'm a little too self-focused again this is the love of God calling you to just surrender and have a softer heart Lord I, I feel like I'm so overwhelmed with responsibilities and distractions that Sometimes I just, I go past it or I see a need and I, I, mean, I feel like I, I can't help, I can't do enough, it's not really going to make a difference. Whatever it is, if you feel like the Lord is challenging you today and you say, Jesus, I want to stand on the sheep side in this, in this conversation, I want you to raise your hand and say, God, Lord, I thank you for showing me my heart. Come on, raise your hand. If you feel like the Lord dealing with don't be ashamed, don't be embarrassed. Thank you, Lord. And lastly, you might be in here today and maybe you're a person, you, you like to do good works, you like to help people, but maybe you've never actually received Jesus Christ as your Savior. And whatever head bowed and every eye closed, this is between you and God. We don't get to heaven because we do good. We, we make heaven our home and eternity lives inside of us because we said, Jesus, I do believe that you lived a sinless life. You died on my place, that cross was for me, but you shed your blood for me. You rose from the dead and you conquered hell. You conquered death in the grave. And today I wanna to put my faith and trust in you. If that's you or you've fallen away in some way, with every head bowed and every eye closed and you wanna make a commitment to follow Jesus, I want you to put your hand up. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you, thank you, ma'am. Praise God. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? And what we're gonna do is we're gonna just close with one last song. So please uh, don't, don't dismiss. But during this time, I want you to do business with God. As we worship, can we just lay any selfishness at the cross? If you need prayer for anything, we'll have people up here. If you wanna just come down to this altar and you want prayer, or you just wanna come down and do business with God, However it is, let's not just sing a song. Let's do business with the King of Kings. Let's truly worship 
and let him change us. Amen? Come on, why don't you lead us, and I'll be back in a moment to close us out.